The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. It is Chuck and Chernoff, sort of, on the fan. That part's true. It is me, Chuck, and my good friend, Mike Morgan, who you see on your TV screen, Hither and Yon. SEC Network, ESPN Family Networks. Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. It's great to be here. Wow. Like the new digs. I say new. Ish. The last time you were in the studio across the hall. Yeah, you've been with me, Chuck Oliver show, many a times, but this is the first time since we came over here for the 17th season since you and I have been on actual 680 together. That's so right. Good to be back. Uh, Matt is down in Florida. Florida's a good place to be this week. That's Nick and Chris. Their coverage all week continues. Uh, we did the crosstalk with him, and Domino is in his happy place. It's, you know, me and media days. Everybody's got their end of the rainbow. I do want to talk spring training, though. Let's do it. And here is the truth. Orlando is a zoo. It's just, it's craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do the, and I'm sure you remember this, when they make the the power lines, one of them, they, it's this big metal power poles with all, they make one of them with ears on it so it looks like Mickey. Like right. the, the, the power transformers are in the shape of Mickey. It's craziness in Orlando. Always like being there for spring training. I enjoyed it. Always I got, had a blast. I did it for five we, years. Loved it. We got the rights in 2010, and so we went that year, and we were there every for a week. Matt and I were there every single spring training through 2019. Now, that was scheduled for it to be our last year in uh, at spring training in Orlando. It was not scheduled to be our last spring training ever. And so with what happened in 2020, after like you know a week and a half, they're like, everybody go home. And then 21 started late, and 22 because the lockout started late. So this is the first full spring training that Major League Baseball has had since 19. So uh, I'm kind of jonesing to get back. And I know, yeah. as you said, you had uh, uh, history going to Orlando with the Braves, too. Loved it. Uh, worked for the Braves 2010 to 2014, and five of those years, uh, all five of those years, got to do spring training. This was back when CSS did. Yeah. We did a handful, half a dozen spring training games, Brian Jordan and I. And stayed at Disney, kind of took it for granted. I mean, it's like Disney's right there at your disposal. The reason why, one of the reasons why you knew it wasn't going to stay there is all those teams didn't want to travel. Veteran players in particular, you're not getting them to go on a bus for three hours without kind of having to shove them into the bus. They don't like that. So everybody started moving to the coast. You're either on the east coast of Florida or or the west coast of Florida. Yeah, yeah. so... So basically, that was kind of uh, DOA for Orlando. But yeah, it was a terrific setup. The stadium was beautiful. You got to go there. You got to enjoy other things while you were there. 
Loved it. Haven't seen the new place yet. Everything seems to be outstanding. I don't know. Yeah, there was a uh, the one of the exits. I think it was the Champions Gate exit. Back the first time we uh, stayed there in like 11 or 12, there was a Red Robin and a gas station and a Dunkin' Donuts at the exit. <laughs> Within like five years, it looked like Jimmy Carter Boulevard. I yeah. mean, it's built up everywhere. And so that's what Northport, they're still in that like sort of abandoned, nothing's really built up yet. Right. Um, but I'm ready to get back to spring training. is always so much fun. Uh, speaking of spring training and who is down there, Ozuna from the Braves. I don't know if you were uh, following his comments yesterday, mm-hmm. but everybody has now shown up, checked in, pitchers and catchers in position and everybody. Uh, Marcelo Ozuna, who has a gold glove somewhere at home. I don't know if he even still puts it up. I really don't. But he has a gold glove for his play in left field with the Marlins. Well, that wasn't yesterday, and if you watch Marcel uh, Marcel play the outfield last year, I mean, it was two hoppers to the cutoff, man. I mean, it was just bad, 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 bad. He meets the media yesterday, and he says, oh, it was inflammation, and so I got a shot, so everything's going to be good this year. I don't think that's true. We had Mark Bowman on yesterday. Bo doesn't think that's true. Um, I saw the actual clip, Justin Felder, Channel 5. He's like, well, here's what Marcel says. It was inflammation. I think I saw an older guy who's been hurt, and now he's an older guy, and his arm is just done. That It happens to big leaguers. Does inflammation cause you to take a bad angle out of baseball in the outfield? Does inflammation cause you to drop a routine fly ball? Um, does inflammation cause you to miss the cutoff, man? I mean, I realize it might not be a sharp throw when you're going like 73 in the air, but you, you could still hit the cutoff. I, I don't. I, I don't think that Marcelo Zuna has been a good outfielder defensively for years. The, I still joke with, you know, Craig Mish, who covers the, uh, the oh, Marlins. Yeah, yeah. I've known Craig for a while. And I remember reading that he won. I forgot he won a gold glove. I was Craig, come on. Yeah. Seriously, how did this happen? He's like, nobody knows here. Nobody knows. We, we watched him. We, we don't know. Look, he's a DH. He's, he is, and that's okay. And that's okay. Like Edgar Martinez is like, I'm a DH. Harold Baines, I'm a DH. It's yes. okay for Marcel to say, I'm a DH. It's absolutely okay. Just do that well. It don't cause any drama and be an effective player. I mean, last year, it just got to the point where there were so many holes in that swing that for much of the year, he was an ineffective player. And the question becomes, can you get it back to what it was a couple of years ago? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really don't know. I don't know how many takers there are for Marcelo Zuna right now. No. I, I don't think the market is exactly uh, buzzing for him. I think, well, no, it, it is because it's this year and next year. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of those trades like with B.J. Upton where you have to give up like a real asset for them to take the player. Right. And it would be a prospect, but you're kind of out of prospects, at least the ones that, you know, are on the doorstep and really going to make a difference. And I want to ask you something about that as well because, um, you know, you look at – farm system rankings or dark horse guys to make the roster out of spring training. We'll talk about all this stuff, but it's not, it shouldn't be surprising to any Braves fan that when you look at minor league system rankings, like everybody's already made their way to the bigs or has been traded for, um, you know, a, a bullpen arm or someone else at the trade deadline. So, I mean, there is tangible reward and an explanation for why the Braves farm system maybe isn't, you know, viewed so super duper right now. Yeah, it's cyclical. I mean, look, in, in 20, uh, 2009, you had Hayward and Freeman and then Craig Kimbrell all over there, double A, triple A, and then they all what? They all became big leaguers, and in the case of Freeman and Kimbrell in particular, stars. Then all of a sudden, there was a span of about five years, I know, because we did some of those Gwinnett games on TV, where it was a pretty barren farm 
I mean, it just, you know, and then some guys didn't work out. And But for the most part, when you have all those great prospects and they either come up to the bigs, as the Braves have seen happen here recently, or you, like a Longoliers, and you trade him, well, now all of a sudden you're going to be thin. It's not because they haven't drafted well. It's just because the reality is oh. they have drafted well. Yes, the opposite is Dana Brown. That's how he got hired in Houston. Absolutely. Because they have done such a Did great a terrific job. job. Uh, so they got games starting this Saturday, and I already knew that. I looked down on the show sheet. It says spring training. Game starts the 25th. I knew that because on MLB Network, do they call it a bug? Is that the thing that they leave in the bottom of the That's sh- right. Okay. That's very good. There's a bug, um, and it says this Saturday, Red Sox at Braves. And so I already knew the Red Sox and Braves were on the slate for this weekend. Um, it's going to be televised. That's what kind of big deal that game could be compared to other spring training games. Uh, but you're, I mean, this is, this is a game, but it's still just one step on the structure of how are we spending these six weeks to try to like, you have a finish point. It's when we get in the car and drive North, like everything is structured towards that. So this first game, it's just another practice, but there's yeah. just other players out there. Yeah. I don't know how much you really learned from the, the, the first few games. And then the last no. couple, everybody's ready to just workouts. call it, call it quits and, and get ready to play actual games. It's that middle is kind of the sweet spot in spring training. Those are the games that we tried to, to, to broadcast because you'd still see the guys that were going to play and you'd still see the guys that were fighting for positions, playing relevant uh, amount of innings to actually get a gauge on things early on. You know, guys with number 98 are out there playing third base and guys that you probably won't see much at all this season. Oh, yeah, and the whole time you're there, you know, the the number one thing, Matt and I would be on Orlando and I would kind of be into the game. And I realize, no, the Mets are allowing Tim Tebow to play today. Yeah. That means it's not a real game. Um, there's somebody wearing number 77 that is getting his jogging in. Mm-hmm. While the game is going on, oh, yeah. he's in the outfield just jogging along the warning That's track. Right. It's not a real game. But when um, you're there, you don't care about it. I mean, if you're just, if you just want to get away, like I know uh, Chuck's got, uh, excuse me, Matt's got something going on yep. with his side business and getting people to, you get to go to the beach, you get to go watch some baseball games, hang out in the sun. You're not overly concerned about, well, what were we with runners in scoring position today? You grew up in Florida, right? South, South Florida, yeah, West Palm area. I used to watch the Braves and the Expos play at Municipal grew, Stadium. I knew that. I yeah. was going to ask you about West Palm. That's how I because, became a Braves fan before I ever got to Atlanta. Here's the thing, then, because you have an interesting perspective. Um, way, 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 way back in the day, I'm going to say the Braves were in West Palm until at least the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And they shared it with the Montreal Expos. That's right. I'm going to tell you, if you go look at municipal stadium in West Palm, it was a really distinctive, cool looking from the outside. Yeah. It was aluminum and chain link fence. That's right. It was just a really basic, basic structure. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the romantic version of spring training. And I remember that being fifth grade or whatever, when you walked right up to the fence and it was chain link and that was mm-hmm. all. It wasn't security. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't a ticket on the berm. It wasn't club level. It wasn't anything except a city park, basically. That's not what spring training business now, like big, big, big business. There were, I think the last year, and this was 2019, so this was four years ago. Last year that we were in Orlando, I want to say there were $64 tickets to the spring training games. Yeah. The stadiums have never looked like, I mean, they're cathedrals now to steal a line from Bull Durham. They used to be, again, when you're nine years old like I was and you're watching Dale Murphy, you don't care it about mattered. the amenities and all that other stuff. I just I just watched Dale Murphy catch a fly ball off the bat of Ozzie Smith. I'm happy. Yeah. Dad, this has been a great day. Today, they want not just the kids, but they really want to cash in on the adults after all they're spending the money. 
And the, the, the parks now, I mean, it's just a whole other level. And like I said, they, the, the movement that's gone on, and a lot of teams bolted for Arizona. And again, they're all, they're all basically, oh. you could throw a rock and hit 12 stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. You were saying from West Palm, that's where the Braves and Expos were. But when the migration became uh, started happening, that was like, I don't know, early to mid-80s. Orlando was one of those hubs for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they looked around and they're like, it had been, it was Astros, Royals, the Expos that became the Nationals. Uh, the Bra- there were a bunch of, that were kind of, you could play. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden the Braves look around and they realize everybody has gone to the West Coast and then South. And so... You're right. It was talking to Brian McCann. Hey, um, we got a game. I'm not getting on a bus for three hours right. one way. No. And so he would get his hitting in the morning and be done for the day. And you'd That's send it. the rookie catcher that you knew wasn't going to make make the roster. Uh, you just needed to have more availability so you could play two games in a day. That's and it. that the veterans can get more work. Yeah. I mean, I remember we did a Braves-Mets game at Port St. Lucie. And yeah. I mean, the amount- oh, my God. I don't even know who was on the Braves roster that actually made the bus trip. Like, it was just bottom-of-the-barrel stuff because guys didn't want to get in a bus for three hours to go to Port St. Lucie for one spring training game. To go so, over to the other side and then go south. No interest. So now you just you bunch them up yeah. on one coast or the other, or in the case of Arizona, like all, like I said, in the middle, and you're, you're a stone throw away from all your opponents, and it's a nice little uh, convenience I knew it was big business when uh, we were there one year and they were, I was like, what's this construction over here? That's the new stadium Disney is building or ESPN is building just for cheerleading competitions. (laughs) Well, for those that haven't been there, I mean, that is Disney's wide world of sports. It's still a monster. You know, you have basketball tournaments there every year. Lacrosse is over there. Lacrosse, cheerleading, softball. 16 volleyball courts. It's it's insane. And then that in the where the turnaround was at the stadium over to the right, they built a cheerleading coliseum just for competition cheerleading, which they do other stuff there, but that was why it was built. All right, let's talk combine. That starts one week from today, and there is money on the line. There's money to be won. There's three things. You can impress and move your way up. You can, was it Reuben Foster that got in the shouting match during the fill the cup at the hospital because he had to wait for a while? I think it was Reuben Foster. It was like, it was. Cost himself money. All he had to do was fill a cup. And so that was too much for Reuben Foster. Um, and so there's that. Then there's what, what I say is the Cam Newton um, uh, example, which is the guy that was in the middle. Everybody knew that Cam needed work physically. They just wanted him to pretend to be a mature, responsible adult at the combine. Just play the game. That's the, just play the game for three days. Pretend you're a normal, functioning kid. That's all they want. They want to justify taking you. I promise. Um, so combine starts in a week, and it is vitally important to so many kids. Say what the Panthers really wanted at that time was they wanted Andrew Luck. And when Andrew Luck decided to, decided to stay for his senior year, that screwed up everything in Charlotte. Now, the people that were running the organization at that time will never admit this, but I, I covered that organization for a while, and I know for a fact they were drooling over the prospect of taking Andrew Luck number one. And if he leaves after his junior year, which everybody on the planet yep. thought he would, that is your quarterback in Charlotte for 10 years. It's not Cam Newton. Okay, Cam Newton goes there. Look, he wins an MVP. They get the one Super Bowl. But overall, it was a pretty uneven career in Charlotte. I mean, I, I, never, I don't think Cam ever got the best of Cam, and it's unfortunate because the guy was, he was blessed with unbelievable physical talent. And people are talking about Anthony Richardson now out of Florida. I'm sorry. He, he, he ain't Cam Newton. 
He's just oh, not. Oh, gosh, no, 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 no. But they're making those cops, Chuck. It's unbelievable. I hear, I see it, and I read it all the time. Oh, this guy reminds me of Cam Newton. Based on what? Well, Cam had produced, and that's yes. uh, the big difference. And so he gets up to Indianapolis, and it was just about confirm all the good things, just give good answers to the interview, and that was fine because he wasn't so great in workouts. Um, the Again, combine starts one week from today. Uh, you need to watch? I think I... They've made it primetime TV inventory. It's on TV. I mean, I watch every second of the not? draft. I'll watch some, but then I then I get kind of a sick feeling like, okay, I'm watching grown men. But they show you the highlights. Run and bench. It, what it is, to me, it's the last event for these kids where they're these players where their college uh, career is still all they have. Like, it's the only story. So when you show me the running back from LSU or the corner from Alabama, Mm. all you have to talk about is their college career. So it's almost like the last event where that's the only thing on their resume. Uh, Let's talk Georgia hoops tonight. Uh, At Arkansas, not a good performance most recently. I don't know, when you lose by 40. Um, But they were playing number one team in America. Team could win a national championship, perhaps. Uh, You have some experience. You've covered Georgia. And you know Mike White pretty well. Uh, In fact, I had been texting you about a month ago Mm -hmm. uh, when there was some, I'll say, guarded optimism in Georgia. Maybe started getting a little excited about maybe we got the right guy here. Uh, Georgia, again, on the road tonight against a team that is no better than they are. Uh, well, they're more talented. Yeah. Than, I mean, Arkansas has got talent. It, Georgia, I think, has been a gritty, gutty story. They're the little engine that could. I think Mike White's done a terrific job. I mean, it was, there are dumpster fryers, and then there is what you had under Tom Crean last year. Smoking crater. Just, uh, just, you could smell it. It was so rancid in other continents, and the team clearly quit on them. Uh, you couldn't win a game that nobody wanted to be there. It was just awful. Mike White has changed the culture of that in a short amount of time and has at least made them competitive. What it's going to take to be relevant, uh, we could do a whole show on this. I know that was not what anybody wants, but I'll tell you this. At some point, the best players in Atlanta have to stop winding up at places like Auburn and other schools across the country because that's what's been happening now for decades. Georgia Tech, uh, they have Pitt tonight. We will be on a little later, as a matter of fact. We are carrying until 6.30, and then Mooney Cat, I believe, and BJ, they will pick up the coverage there. Uh, again, Georgia Tech hoops tonight versus Pitt. Pitt is a lot, 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 lot better than Georgia Tech. And again, uh, if the goal is just squeeze together enough dubs so that we can only spend on football this year. I keep and hearing you talk about that. Put off the basketball till next year. They, It ain't going it, to – it would be a – It'd be a great win tonight if they were able to add to that resume. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. And then uh, Todd Monken introduced today, Ravens OC. So that is, it took Kirby less time to introduce Bobo as OC than the Ravens, and they hired Monken first. So, yeah. so that has worked itself out. Uh, winging an idea. It's time to wing it. Presented by WNB Factory. Serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at WNBFactory.com. No quarrel and only put wing sauce on the burger. It's amazing. Uh, Mike, as you said, you are not just the guy we brought in from out of town just for the game. Uh, you consume the product as well, so you get to play. We wanted right. to make it as simple as possible. Winging an idea. Just tell us your favorite drop that Hoyt plays, and he'll start putting them in. And I'm going to go ahead. I, w- I want to take all fart noises off the table, but I know that that'll take about 60% of our audience out. So thank you. Um, I got to say, there's one where we have a, f- a co-worker, a former co-worker of ours. And What's he- that? 
Just about anything from him. Huh? Just about anything from steak, yes. Go ahead, brother. So, Mike, do you have a favorite uh, drop that Hoyt plays? Uh, he played one a few weeks ago on the uh, the fun bag. It's a it's it's a buck drop, and I can't remember exactly what it is. Oh, it could be anyone on the hundred. Had me, had me in tears. Had me in tears. All right, we need some buck work then. Uh, who else is back there, Dan? Chuck's brain explodes. Oh! Hoyt, what do you got? Is he related to Mike Hunt? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not anything from Steg. Winging an idea, your favorite drop that Hoy plays. Wanna were your bag. Are we going to ask Justin? Does Justin get to play today? I'm sorry, Malcolm? Mine would probably be the Chuck the Richie. No, not Richie. <laughs> I think that's. No! Just- not Richie. I think that just became the Justin drop. So uh, your favorite drop that Hoy plays, it is the winging it idea. Coming up next, I'm giving you two requirements for an NFL team drafting the QB. Up next, I got two names for Scary Terry and Coach Arthur to consider. I'm Scary Terry. Welcome to the nightmare, bitch. Chuck and Chernoff live on a Tuesday. Except it's not Chernoff. It is Mike Morgan sitting in. Me and Migo from way back in the day. Comcast CSS and, of course, <laughs> veteran to Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. So appreciate you sitting in the big chair Enjoy over there it. today. Um, I always get the chills when you say CSS. There's, you know, those, are, those are some good memories. Those are some. You know what? Put, put money in the pocket of a lot of good people. I, I talk about that all the time. It was when you think of the people that went through there, and for a while there, that the, the rights that CSS had, um, I mean, it was it was going strong there for a while. Yeah, it going really strong. was. Um, so they, uh, from way back in the day, know Mike, and so glad to have him here. And they're going to be back on Thursday as well. You got SEC mm-hmm. basketball to, um, tomorrow night and then also over the weekend. All right, coming up in about 10 minutes. The work has just begun in Florida. World title won't be won this time of year, but it could be okay to think that way. I'm going to talk some Braves. Realistic expectations coming out of spring training. That is in about 10 minutes. But I have given two requirements for an NFL team drafting a quarterback. And we have talked about this, Mike, over the past several years. Uh, and if you look at title-winning quarterbacks drafted over the past two decades, Drafted in the past 20 years and won a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford is the only one to come from an elite college recruiter program. The others who've won a Super Bowl, it's two things. It's Big Ben at Miami of Ohio. It's Aaron at Cal Berkeley. Uh, It's Eli at Ole Miss. The characteristics that championship quarterbacks have, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Mm They elevated the program while they were there. That program reached heights that it's just not normal for it. And that dude did almost all the work himself. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, there are going to be exceptions. Like I said, Matt Stafford. But I have always believed there is something, some little mustard seed that gets born in a quarterback's brain where when he's 9 or 10 or 11, um, when he realizes this is all on me, when he realizes that if we're going to win today, then it's going to be because I make another play. No matter 
how desperate you get at Alabama, that was never really Bryce Young because you still had stud receivers and an NFL tight end and Jameer Gibbs and, you know, whatever else. C.J. Stroud, same sort of thing. When you're Big Ben at Miami of Ohio and you go 13-1 and and finish number eight in America, you did all the work, brother. You elevated the Red Hawks. And it was because of you. That's what I need. Um, Joe Flacco at Delaware, for gosh sakes. All Super Bowl champs, all of it. Um, All right, who in this April's draft checks that box? Well, there are a couple of names that are better than others, but none of them are perfect fits. I got two names, and they're not going to mean a whole lot to people locally, but if we go back a year ago, how much did Desmond Ritter mean to people in Atlanta? Like maybe from the Georgia game? That's about it. Okay. And he had just gone undefeated and took his team to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Desmond Ritter was a guy. What happened at Cincinnati? They were undefeated in the playoffs. He did on offense. He did virtually all the work. It was Desmond Ritter. He fits that profile, and they got one. Maybe Max Duggan at TCU. Maybe Jake Hayner at Fresno State. Now, here is the value. There are some times where the winning move is just to walk. Unfortunately for the Falcons, I think when you look at, and I'm talking about Falcons fans, I'm talking about the franchise. When you look at a head coach that has had two straight losing seasons, the profile is not to pin your hopes on a quarterback you draft day three. It's probably to pin your hopes on a guy you draft eighth overall. I think that's what they're doing with a quarterback at eight this year. And that terrifies me because Will Levis didn't elevate. Anthony Richardson didn't even play that well. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bit against the grain on Levis here. Okay, I I, I've had Will Levis four times over the last two years. Will Levis this year, that whole offense was a train wreck. They didn't block. Couldn't block anybody. Could not block. He was hurt. He was hurt and then came back and got hurt again. Now you want to talk about elevating your team? The year before that. Will Levis, Wondell Robinson, and an NFL coordinator who was there for one year, and Liam Cohen. Will Levis was terrific. The people that are talking about Will Levis as a top 10 pick are basing it on 2021. They're ignoring 2022. What is he ultimately going to be? I don't know. I've stood next to the kid, and he's a physical freak. Oh, it's the right. Okay. Yeah, it is. I've stood next to Bryce Young, and I'm looking at somebody who looks like uh, an ultimate Frisbee player. I I can't believe how good he is at that side. And I'm not talking about height. People are obsessed with height. He's slight. He's slight. slight. Like, he's taller than he's going to be. He's going to measure probably 5'11 and three quarters. But when you stand next to 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 Bryce Young, you are amazed at how slight he is, much slighter than a Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson, et cetera. And yet he is going to go unmistakably top three. And then chances are you're going to go, the top two quarterbacks are going to be gone by the time we're talking about that number eight pick. But Levis and Richardson are going to be there. There's a whole lot of buzz about Richardson going to the Panthers. I just cannot compute that. I watched that kid and I'm just like, why in the world? That is the ultimate upside pick. That's how you draft an NBA guy. It's not how you draft an NFL quarterback. The Levis one, though, that's going to be real tempting. I'm just telling you, if he makes it to eight, the Raiders could take him at seven. That's where a lot of projections have him going. And there is one more wild card of a quarterback who really fits this, but there is the, it was a generational or at least really elite level play caller. And I'm trying to decide what to think about Hinton Hooker. Damn the knee injury. Here's where we are, like, uh, 
medical technology. And I'm like, he's going to be fine. Um, he'll recover. He'll be fine. He had Josh Heupel calling plays in that offense. And I'm wondering how much of what I think of Hendon Hooker is colored by who had the play sheet on the sidelines because there are number right answers on that play sheet. He also had two NFL wide receivers who are going to go high in the draft as well. Um, Elevated the program, and he did almost all the work. And so I'm looking at Hendon Hooker going, I'm trying to get my brain there. Well, this is this is the intrigue of the draft. This is what we love about the NFL draft. It, it is the fact that it, it's not a certainty how these quarterbacks are going to come out. Uh, it's not a certainty who's going to take whom at what pick because I, I don't think there's a slam dunk. I think if you put those three in in a, in a pot, all right, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, the ultimate wild card, and Hendon Hooker, uh, you could have a hundred different people assess those three quarterbacks in different orders. I mean, there's just no automatic. So we know Stroud, we know Young are going to go top two. After that, those next three, to me, have no clue. I mean, it's the ultimate. They could go anywhere from from five to twenty five. It has me uh, Jones in a little bit for Drake May a year from now because well, have you watched ACC football as well? Drake May, oh, he's ridiculous. See, here's the thing: they lost. It was more than just the quarterback who went to the NFL. It was new uh, personnel everywhere on that offense, and that defense stunk to high heaven. So you had a first time starter who had to go bombs away. Like, if North Carolina won, I mean, what's one of my criteria? And dude did almost all the work. There is something about a quarterback having the mentality, damn it, we're not losing today. And there, Drake May, Drake May has that in spades, man. Drake May is going to be, I mean, we were talking about Andrew Luck earlier. Remember how everybody was convinced he's the highest rated. That's what Drake May is going to be. Now, Caleb Williams might not be far behind him. Gimme, 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 man. But but those two, like, that's the difference between this draft and next year. Those two are going to be one-two on, like, every board imaginable, barring some ridiculous setback in 2023. This year, we got a lot of question marks about every one of these dudes. Yeah, and with Desmond Ritter, this is why, I mean, Marcus showed the worst part about a player or a teammate. He quit. I lost my job, so I'm going home. This doesn't work for me anymore. Uh, but Desmond Ritter, can you imagine the different mindset going into this offseason for the Falcons? And I'm talking big free agent money or premium draft pick. If you didn't play even just those four games at the end of the season, incredibly valuable to decide, all right, what is a possible route with Desmond Ritter? Because that's going to decide this $75 million we got and these premium picks. So I'll put you on the spot. Are you a Ritter guy? I'm going to give him a chance. Okay. Here's, here's what I'll – and this, I said this before his final two starts, and so I do get a little credit. Um, after his first two starts, I said, not great, but here's what I like. I think I saw him get better in the second half. And it's not halftime adjustments, I'm saying. It's I just played a half of football where I wasn't that good. And the kid didn't lose his mind. That's what I did not see. I never saw him panic. I never saw him look rushed. I never saw him look around and go, damn it, I lined up over the garden. I got a waste of time out. He was not perfect, and he wasn't necessarily dynamic. I never saw it look too big for him. Mm. And that's a big, big deal for me. Yeah, no question. I mean, you put him on San Francisco, he might be Brock Purdy or better. It's it, the, the surrounding cast, it's not an easy situation to roll into last year for the Falcon team. So I don't. I, it's a big incomplete for me. I mean, I just don't know. I'm with you. I'd like to see him get a chance, but I wouldn't be, be surprised if the Falcons took a quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just terrified that it's going to wind up being Anthony Richardson oh. because of a stopwatch and a tape measure. <laughs> oh, man. And he will impress there. It is Chuck and Chernoff continuing 
On this Tuesday, Chuck Oliver here with Mike Morgan. And again, we were talking a little spring training, just the, the mm. fact that I miss being down there. But uh, that's the Chuck thing. I miss uh, turning in receipts for fancy restaurant food for a week. Uh, the Braves and Snicker actually got stuff to decide. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Yeah, they got a lot of things to decide. I think the most intriguing uh, storyline from a player standpoint is still Soroka. I mean, I, I I know we're supposed to talk about him later on, so I'm kind of stealing some thunder here. We'll call that a tease. We'll call that a pre-tease. Yeah. Uh, but but you you just wonder how many more opportunities is he going to get back? Like, if it doesn't happen in 2023, do we just start writing him off? Like, okay, it was a great flash in the pan story, but I don't know if he's coming back. Uh, I, I think that's uh, as big as there is one out there. I mean, the shortstop situation, obviously, we talked about. Uh, they've got other options at DH. So whether it's, Do you care about defense? Do I care about it? I sure do. do. Absolutely. Okay, I can't find a lot of people that seemingly care about well, defense. Well, because that's the new that's the new analytical era, era and, the, and some people will tell you, well, it's overrated, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not in that camp. Okay, because I, I like up-the-middle defense. Of course. I'm old school, and people tell me, like, do you know Dylan Short? Have you met Dylan yet? I've heard him. Okay, Dylan told me I was Old Testament. He's like, no, you care too much about defense. Um, he's like, however, he's like, if if you're going to care, care about center field. Um, I care about shortstop, and I because I threw something out to Matt, and he brought it up later in the day. Uh, Dansby had seven errors last year. I think it was, it was either seven or eight errors last year for the entire season, major league shortstop. I put the over-under at 27.5 errors from the Brave shortstop uh, this year. Yeah, we're not shifting anymore either. You know, oh, so, so so there's an even more challenge. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. That to me, if you have three and a half, four times as many errors at shortstop, it's just one number. And what'd you do with yeah. the stick? And did the team win? Did the team make the postseason? Yeah. I get it. That's a shocking situation. Well, and Matt says, I think I can live with it. Yeah, well, look, I get the argument that you're, you're not going to see Raphael Belliard occupy a starting shortstop role in Major League Baseball anymore. I, I get that. But to say like defense, ah, it's overrated. Say uh, if you just crunch the numbers, really, it's, I, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm sorry. Call that old school. Call it whatever you will. Uh, there are certain positions on the field that absolutely. It's not just center field. Uh, your you're starting shortstop is a big deal. If it, if you're if you're having to get extra outs, but but you're a, losing extra games. A train just said it wasn't as big a deal as either the money 
or what Vaughn Grissom's bat can turn into. I don't know if it can turn into 25, 26, 27 bombs because that's where Dansby was. So, hmm. I mean, the Braves just made a decision and defense wasn't part of it. Well, look, Dansby was going to go for a super, super high amount. And one thing we know about the way this organization is run, they don't overpay. Yeah. I mean, they have been shrewd, but I would say wise and efficient with the checkbook. And so I, I understand the move. I don't know if it's so much, you know, offense over defense as much as Dansby was about to get, to use your term, broken off. Yep. And he did. Yep. And if you want to go ahead and sign some of these young pitchers, you're going to have to make some difficult decisions. They made one. I use, and the, there's always no examples uh, every single season. There are literally no examples. Like Kyle Wright is the one I'm talking about now. 21 wins last year, mm-hmm. and then everything that went along with that, approaching 200 innings, which yeah. is a big deal now, too. Uh, here's what happens as fans, and I'm talking as a Brace fan. We see something happen once, especially if you're highly touted. We see something happen once, and it's not congratulations. It's like, okay, that's going to be every season now. 21 and 5 is not supposed to happen once in Major League Baseball anymore, especially as your breakthrough season. There is supposed to be some comeback from Kyle Wright, probably. Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be a hell of a lot of blue sky for Ian Anderson as well. Yeah. So Ian was the guy a year ago. I was like, guys, wait a minute. We're making assumptions about Ian Anderson Mm -hmm. now. Like, we've already penciled them for the next 10 years that he'll win 15 games and pitch, you know, 190 innings. Now he's the example of a guy that you can't look at and do that. Um, Kyle, there's going to be a regression, but I think Ian Anderson is one of those bounce-back guys. Well, and again, uh, not to get uh, into the weeds on stats, Kyle could win 17 games and have just as good a year. A lot of that will depend on run support, sure. you know, all those all those intangibles that you can't control as a starting pitcher. But uh, could he take a step back overall in terms of performance, in terms of ERA, in terms of whip, in terms of all the the numbers that truly define your individual performance as a pitcher? Absolutely. I mean, that could be a career year. We don't know. Kyle Wright was a terrific pitcher in college at Vanderbilt. He was a first-round pick for a reason. Uh, It took a little bit longer than I thought, quite frankly, it would. I I thought Kyle Wright would be one of those guys within 12 months could be in a rotation, just watching him and, and, and covering him in college. Uh, but yeah, typically that's what's going to happen, right? And you're right. Fans look at the high watermark and they figure, well, that should be the average. So a guy has a, a career year and okay, we can count on that again next year. No, but guys that didn't have career years, guys that might've had an, a, a, a taken a back step in that particular season in 2022 could come back up in 2023. So I, I don't see a big loss across the board with the Braves rotation, the Braves bullpen, the Braves lineup. I mean, to me, there's still a very safe pick to be in that win total that's going to get you in the postseason. Whether or not they win a tougher division this year versus what they have in the last few, I don't know. But I think there's still a safe pick to win a lot of games and to play in the postseason. All right, so what year did you graduate high school? Oh, gosh, uh, 93. Okay, so I'm going to go to like your high school, middle school years. So like Vince Coleman was a thing to you. Tim oh, Raines was a thing absolutely to you. Absolutely, Rock, yeah. Uh, even then when you were, would be, I guess, in college, Kenny Lofton was a thing to you. Yes, Otis Nixon. Kenny Lofton I as swear, a brave was a thing to me. I swear... Ozzie could steal 50 bases. I don't think Ozzie cares about stealing 50 bases because that's not how you get paid. Uh, it's not how you get paid. And this is where... And I think this is with the... By the way, can I say nefarious by the owners? You sure can. They want somebody like Ozzie as an example. Once you run more because you don't get paid for that. And if you hit home runs, we got to pay you. Well... Just <laughs> as an example, and it's just yeah, one for Ozzie. But. Th- this is some of the analytics I might agree with, even though I hate the fact that the game... We've, we've taken away action on the bases. It's just... It's almost obsolete in Major League Baseball. 
but I do, I listen to the, I'm not one of these like, oh, you're an analytic guy. I'm not going to listen mm-hmm. to you. I'm old. No, I listen. There's some things I do think that are, that are truly, it's like a revelation. And that is the risk versus reward. Unless you're like an 80% plus steel guy, I don't know what the risk is versus the, is, is worth the, uh, the reward. So I, I get it why a guy like Albies, who is a good, and I'm with you, he could get that number, but I don't know if he's in that percentage. And so the outs you give up, is it really worth it? Uh, yeah, I said, it, folks, this is before the season. We'll go to break in a second. But um, before the season, I said, all right, it's DH. It's everywhere now. You're going to watch it. That's like, it's not like you have to figure it out. You know what the DH is. I said, but if you're a Braves fan and you've been, quote, watching National League Baseball, until you watch American League Baseball literally every night, you don't really get the big difference. I said, here's the big difference. It's the word why. Because I watch Astros baseball every time they're on. I watch a lot of American League Baseball. I said, here's what's going to happen as you start watching DH baseball. You're going to catch yourself saying these things that you've all, well, they're going to uh, bunt the runner over. I'm like, well, no, wait, why? Why would I bunt the runner over? Mm-hmm. I got another hitter in the lineup. That's right. All right, uh, we're going to hit and run. No, why would I hit and run? We're going to steal a base. Wait, why would I steal a base? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I came up with five things that you say, this is what you do now, and then you realize, no, this is a DH game. Why would I do any of that? I've got a, you know, the pitcher and who's coming up in the ninth spot. I'm like, I don't care about the ninth spot. It's a, you know, it's a DH. double switch, double switch. And so all of these things that you had been conditioned, you know, that they don't exist anymore. If it was like a Scandron test and somebody asked you a question, but you still, you're watching baseball and your mind clicks. This is what's supposed to happen here. And you're like, oh no, why would they do that? It doesn't matter anymore. Um, that's the big thing about switching over and, uh, style of play and all that, and it's it's another detriment to Ozzy. Wait a minute, why would I steal? I, I just think we've gotten away from that. Yeah, why, we're not why, we're not going back why to would that. I do that. Like it's you look at the guys that have racked up a ton of steals in, in given you in given years lately. It's usually a guy on a non contending team with Merrifield. Yeah, with of Kansas that's, City. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Who it is? Right. You want to run? Hell, yeah. Go run. ahead. Get you get your fifty. And it'll look good on a stat sheet, but is it really winning you games? Is it really making a difference? Jose Reyes, I think it's 70 not long ago, but it was it was not on a great team. So I, I don't think we're – that part of the game is not coming back. No. It, it, that's just – that. And I appreciate the bigger bases. And, by the way, there are pitchers going to F themselves on the throw over to first. Because if you throw over the second time – By the way, I have been begging for this for years. So I, I know there's a lot of radical rule changes and a lot of people aren't going to like it. But the the thing that so they they've had a pitch clock in college baseball for nearly ten years now, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily speed things up because if I step off the rubber and I bluff a throw to second base, Same the thing. clock resets. Yeah. So you didn't accomplish anything. Nothing happened. So if you're ever going to cut the time of these games down and the inaction of these games down, that's what the kind of moves you had, the rules that you have to make. It's to stop the madness of throws to first, to bluff throws to second, all of that inactivity is what just stalls the game. Yep, and I just always, I remember growing up watching base, Major League Baseball, if you saw the front foot of the base runner equal with where the circle would have kept, I was like, all right, that's a big lead, he's yep. going. Um, you never you never even see guys taking that lead because nobody no. really wants to run him. I'm going to be interested to see if guys are doing that now. All right, we're, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, wait a minute. Damn it, I'm getting yelled at. What do you... Oh, okay, I'm supposed to say something here. Uh, three o'clock hour brought to you by This Stuff Matters. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters podcast. Post it on 680 The Fans website under the podcast header or at thisstuffmatters.net. Now, uh, 
The portal may save the downfall of the last college football program that needs saving. That's next on 680 The Fan. Winging an idea. Just tell us your favorite drop that Hoyt plays, and he'll start putting them in. There's a bomb at Centennial Olympic Park. How can that be somebody's favorite drop? Better than fart noises. Truck and turn off on a Friday. Appreciate everybody coming here for your sports talk conversation. Matt is at uh, Disney World in Orlando. I don't know. Today's at Animal Kingdom or something. So, or uh, Hall of Presidents. So he will be gone all week. Uh, he will be back. But the Braves, the Braves are at spring training. Not in Orlando anymore. Down in Northport. Three o'clock hour brought to you by This Stuff Matters. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters podcast posted on 680 The Fan website under the podcast header, uh, header or at thisstuffmatters.net. Um, Portal may save the downfall of the program that really needs it the least. Uh, and, Hoy, you're welcome to join in if you would like to add anything here, if you choose. Uh, but in a pre-Portal era, the program that doesn't need saving, that may get saved now, uh, Kirby and UGA would be staring at something that I realized I just kind of stumbled on with Honey Badger, I don't know, almost a decade ago. It's called the three-year drain. Even stacking Cruton class after Cruton class. The third straight offseason that you have a flood of, I mean, experienced players, guys who have stepped into the starting lineup. The third straight slew of those leaving that is what has ended elite runs recently i think it's what's ending clemson's right now and the kick in the ass for clemson fans is you are in the portal era but if you go back and look the trevor lawrence class and et that was the third straight where i mean a a flood of experienced starters, not necessarily upperclassmen at that point, and that's part of it because you start cycling in uber elite juniors or seniors who hadn't started yet, but now they do, like Tony Brown at Alabama when he had to wait till he was a senior. Uh, but then you start putting in a lot of freshmen and sophomores, and what's happened at Alabama? It's not just the play on the field. I think one of the things that happened at Alabama was when the strongest voices on your team become redshirt freshmen and sophomores, Will Anderson, Bryce Young, that point, you've got an issue, and they can still be great kids and leaders and all that other stuff. So I think that's happening at uh, with Dabo. I think it might be happening with Alabama. Uh, LSU was in that club. They were in the worry elite. We're winning national championships. They had a three-year drain. They lost four players in the first 73 picks of the 12 draft, and then Les Miles suspended Tyran Matthew two weeks before the season. They lost six players in the first 95 picks. Um, and then the next year, uh, again, five of the first 92, and Les Miles was basically done. You have three straight seasons of this. It is what has ended elite runs. I think Kirby's going to work his way out of this because of the portal. Because this this draft, last year was historical. They need to be a little less historical this year. Here, here was the the wish of your average college football fan, not Hoyt, not Georgia, not Alabama fan. Your average college football fan on the precipice of NIL and the portal was thinking, ah, finally, something that'll level the playing field and give us a chance. Reality has been the rich get richer. That's reality. Dabo's the exception because, like you say, he doesn't want to play the portal game. 
He also swung and missed on a five-star quarterback in DJ, who, for whatever reason, cannot throw the forward pass accurately. Other than that, the rich are just going to keep getting richer. And we're going to see this with Southern Cal now, okay, in the in the era of NIL and the portal. Lincoln's going to get his, okay? He he was t- he took over a program that had zero guys on defense this year, and they suffered some consequences because of it. That's going to get fixed. Southern Cal will be a power again. Georgia's going to remain a power. Alabama's going to remain a power. LSU will be a power. Ohio State. It's going to be the same old, same old with this system intact, if not even more so. And the, uh, again, the typical path because... You know what Clemson did? What to to just break into the club? The four or five programs we talk about every July as they legitimately win the national championship. What they did? They got into the club for about four or five years. Alabama got into the club and they've been there for about fifteen years now. Uh, Bobby Bowden with Florida State back in the day. They were in the club for about fifteen years. And I mean, where you can have legitimate conversation every summer about them winning a national. Now it's just making the playoffs of the final four. And every quarterback they started was like a redshirt junior. What undid all of that? So funny you bring that up. Mm. Do you know what got him off schedule? When they started Chris Ricks as a true freshman. That's right. What, what Mike just said is Bobby had a calendar. If you're Danny Cannell, you show up, you have a redshirt, then you watch for two years, mm. but you have an understanding I'm going to get my two years. Mm-hmm. And it works out for Danny McManus and Chip Ferguson and Peter Tom Willis and guy after guy after guy Charlie and Casey Ward. Weldon and Charlie Ward and Brad Johnson. It works for everybody. And then they either had an injury or a dismissal or maybe the kid from Washington that the NCAA was a Fabian Washington that the kid that they are oh, wow. Fabian Walker that the NCAA screwed. Um, and Bobby looked around. He was like, oh, damn, we got to start a true freshman. And it got you off schedule. Mm hmm. Um, I'm telling you, there, there, there is something to that. But you can never do it the way Florida yeah. State did it back then. Now, oh, no, 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 because no, all no. the quarterbacks would just bolt for playing time. And so the 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 workaround is you can kind of be the the carnivore in that instead of the program that's losing all those. If you're Kirby, you don't lose them to another t- a program. You lose them to the NFL. Then you go look at Louisiana Tech or Tulane or Ohio State, mm-hmm. and you take their players, and they'll be he's pitching a third ring. And he's pitching, I'll get you to the NFL. All right, this wraps up the 3 o'clock hour. We're going to take a break, come back 4 o'clock hour next. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
Texas family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 